Hey everybody, it's Maddie. I just wanted to preface this week's episode with a trigger warning because we are talking about the eating disorder pica. And since it's also National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, Morgan and I decided that we would provide everybody with a few resources, and these will also be linked in the show notes. So for more information on eating disorders overall, please visit nationaleatingdisorders.org, which is the National Eating Disorder Association website. You can call their helpline at 800-931-2237, Monday through Thursdays, from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., and Fridays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. This is Eastern Time. You can also text that same number Monday through Thursday, 3 to 6 p.m. For crisis situations, please text NEDA to 741-741. And we hope that everybody's doing well this week, and here's this episode. Hope you like it. Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings with Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Yay! Amazing! Hi! Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. This week, it's been a short week, but it's felt really freaking long. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Did you have Monday off? I did have Monday off, which was Ah. nice. But I was, every time I have a day off like that, I'm always like, oh, it's going to be a nice relaxing day. And then I ended up, and then I end up doing like 58 things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it was good. That's good. Tomorrow's Friday, so. I mean, not for the people listening to this, but... Yeah, for us, it's Friday tomorrow, so that's <laughs> that's great. No tomorrow. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, we just got a little flurry. Some nice, big, fluffy flakes. It was really pretty, but... Oh, the best. Yeah. I don't know. Hoping it snows a bit more, but also, I need to wash my car, so I need it to not <laughs> snow for a day. My car <laughs> will not be washed until the spring at this point. <laughs> I mean, the roads here, we have probably maybe a little less than two feet of snow on the ground. Mm -hmm. So the roads are just, even if they're dry, they're just constantly nasty. All right. So, Maddie, what are you talking about today? (laughs) Well, first I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Have you ever watched My Strange Addiction? Oh, my God. I was just going to say, after you said... (laughs) What the topic was that my only knowledge is from my strange addiction. <laughs> yes. So, I don't know about you, but my favorite is the guy who's addicted to collecting and then dating um, pool floaties and inflatable. Yeah, a, I really love that one as well. Yeah, that's like the least problematic one. The uh, one that I found the most concerning was the lady that was addicted to eating pine salt. Yeah. She must have just been completely burning up her insides. Yeah, it's really bad for you. But, (laughs) so, a lot of the individuals on My Strange Addiction, if they're eating things, they probably had pica, which is the topic of today's episode. I'm really excited. I don't know anything about this other than, like, the general definition, so... Amazing. Well, I'll probably have questions. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I can tell you that I got almost all of my information from 
my own college notes. Show, shout out to Dr. Ruth Riley from the UNH Nutrition Department. She's retired now, but she was one of the best professors I've ever had. Um, I miss her. <laughs> so what is pica? Pica is essentially when people impulsively eat non-food or non-nutritive items. So we won't really be talking too much about the My Strange Addiction type cases since I'm not a psychologist. I studied nutrition and the My Strange Addiction cases are a little bit more of a mental health issue type of situation. And They're like really extreme. <laughs> yeah, those people experienced some bad trauma or something else was going on and it's not it's less related to the eating random items because of something else gotcha. I'll get more into that um but before we get into any of it I would just like to say that I explain this more in like the actual definition but pica has been reported in search certain cultural practices and ceremonies and it's also been used in, in like not pica, but like eating non-food items has been seen commonly in times of famine and also in impoverished areas. So these and circumstances in my strange addiction are not what I'm talking about today. (laughs) Um, I'm not talking about any cultural practices and I'm not talking about cases where it's happened because of famine. Just wanted to get that out there. Don't add us. Yeah, please. (laughs) (laughs) So, pica is an issue that has been seen across all cultures and throughout all time periods. I listened to a Sawbones episode on this because when am I not listening to Sawbones episodes for this? Um, (laughs) But they talk a lot about the history of pica, so definitely check that out. But it's documented pretty well throughout history and in all different cultures throughout the world so it's really interesting oh my gosh I think I've listened to that episode but like like years ago yeah it's it's pretty old yeah (laughs) it's ringing a bell definitely yeah so the word pica is latin for the word magpie um like the bird yeah I guess magpies will eat almost anything they will and they do. They love shiny things, just like crows. Oh, well, that's yeah. less related to pica, but they eat almost anything. So I guess that's why it's called pica. Um, pica is a disorder that causes people to crave and like compulsively eat these non-food items. There are different forms or like root causes that I'm going to get more into later. But pica is most common in pregnant women individuals with autism, and children. So what qualifies someone to be diagnosed with PICA? Well, the DSM-5 posts four criteria that must be met for a person to be diagnosed with PICA. So one, the person must have been eating non-nutritive foods for at least one month, which is makes sense but also wild if I eat go outside and eat dirt for three weeks I don't technically have pica (laughs) I have a question it might be too early for the question but okay um do people with pica 
I guess this is kind of general, but are they also eating food? Yes, usually okay. it's they're also eating food because I think you would just essentially die. But... Right, that's why I was like, so are they getting any sort of nutrients? Yeah, <laughs> it's that they're not... Um, that they're also eating this. And I think there probably right. are cases of people eating only non-food items, but I mean, that would be really bad because you'd probably just die real quick. Yeah, that'd probably be like a really severe case. Yeah. It would have to be like slightly food, but not like nutritious enough. That's like a good quality of life. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah. So... Number two is this eating must be considered abnormal for the person's stage of development. So infants don't really count because I'll talk about children more specifically later, but kids put everything in their mouth. So like it would be weird if I were to put like eat random things off the ground, but children, it's more normal Mm -hmm. or like young, young kids. Three is eating these substances that cannot be associated with the cultural practice that is considered normal in the social context of the individual. So, again, not any cultural things that going on. And four, people who currently have a medical condition, such as pregnancy or a mental disorder, so they're on autism spectrum or something along those lines, the act of eating non-nutritive non-foods should only be considered pica if it is dangerous and requires extra medical investigation or treatment on top of what they're already receiving for their pre-existing condition. So the two groups I'm going to talk about later are children and pregnant people and children and pregnant people tend to exhibit common tendencies of somebody with pica but a lot of times it's not technically considered pica because you can treat it with other normal treatments or it can be treated Mm -hmm. through other ways so interesting yeah so yeah again it all makes sense but some of it is like the three weeks like i could be eating dirt for type of situation is just like way too long um (laughs) yeah Please don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. I might not. might check it out. Who knows? (laughs) So it's really not super hard to diagnose someone with pica, which is really great. Um, But why do most people have pica? So majority of the time, pica can be attributed to an iron or other nutrient deficiency. And it's really easily treated with a supplement um, and the symptoms of pica will absolve themselves so usually the first step when somebody gets diagnosed is to evaluate their diet and take blood level um a blood test and see how much iron or yeah iron (laughs) don't know why i got confused there um how much iron they have or if they're actually iron deficient or if they're any other type of anemic They'll go and do that and then usually supplement. It's wicked common in pregnant women. They'll usually just give them an iron supplement and it's fine immediately. But so if the iron supplements or like a diet change to have more iron in it doesn't help, there are other treatments. But again, those are more mental health related. And sorry, Josie, what? (laughs) 
It's okay. I could totally Please hear her. I was like, <laughs> Josie. You good? Okay, so sorry about that, everybody. Now I have a cat with me, so this is going to be interesting. Um, so if iron supplements don't change, again, obviously, it's more of a mental health issue than it is a nutrition like aspect. So we're going to stay away from that. Stop it. What I really wanted to focus on for this week in pica is pica during pregnancy and in children. So in pregnant people, there's an increased risk for iron deficiency anemia because, one, you're literally growing a person inside of you. And (laughs) your blood volume (laughs) increases. Like, I think it's like some I have it next to me, but I can't flip because Josie's on my notebook now. But um, it increases like a pretty good amount. So you do need a lot more iron because there's more blood in your body. Um, so it's like I said earlier, it's commonly treated with iron and increasing iron intake. So yeah, I mean, it really makes sense that more pregnant people commonly get pica than at like say either of us because they need so much more iron. Um, when it comes to pica, there are some interesting subtypes, like specifically geared towards what type of food people are eating mm-hmm. or non-food. <laughs> right. So the most common subtypes in pregnant people are pagophagia, which is eating ice or ice chips, which super common in pregnant people, geophagia, which is when you eat dirt or clay, get it, like geo, like earth. (laughs) And amylophagia, which is laundry or corn, like laundry powder or like cornstarch. Oh, no. Yeah, so not super great, um, but those are more common with pregnant women. Um, I do have a little anecdote when I was learning about this in my life cycle nutrition course uh professor told us about this one client she had at one point that was like I don't know what's going on I just really want to eat these crayons she's like I have she was like a very smart woman had like multiple degrees whatever all this stuff and she was like what do I do like I just really want to eat these crayons (laughs) (laughs) they ended up resolving it but she really wanted to eat crayons and then my cousin, when she was pregnant, really wanted to eat dirt out of her house plants. Like, really wanted to eat dirt. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And she wasn't diagnosed with pica because they were able to, like, fix it sooner than that. And she also didn't really eat the dirt. Um, she kind of... really wanted to. <laughs> she really wanted to. And she would um, sneak dirt by sticking her popsicles in plants. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, there were so many times where she would cry, just like, I want it. And they'd be like, You can't have that. Stop. Stop <laughs> eating that dirt. There's fertilizer in there. She's like, Stop it. <laughs> so, why can't people just eat dirt and rocks and nails and screws and nuts and bolts and excessive amounts of ice? Well, When you eat a whole bunch of non-nutritive food or non-food items, you're filling your stomach but not adding anything with any nutritious substance. So this is kind of like the question you asked. Um, I feel like it's 
pretty obvious, but you can't easily ingest something toxic. Um, well, sorry, I read that wrong. You can <laughs> easily ingest something sharp or toxic that could poke you and cause an infection or like cause like eating something toxic is toxic um or just like eating any type of bacteria that could cause an infection or like a puncture wound yeah like you're just it's really bad for your insides um another common issue is bowel obstructions Mm -hmm. so like it's really hard for your body to digest rocks and shit like that, I guess. So yep. <laughs> you're going to have to get those surgically removed. Your stomach acid is strong, but not that strong. <laughs> no, because that's just... Oh, Jesus. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so when it comes to pica and kids, the possible negative outcomes can be a lot more dire. So, if you've ever met a toddler or an infant, you know that they put almost everything they come into contact with in their mouths. hmm Which is super normal because that's, um, like, needed in, like, development. Like, they have to explore somehow, and that's a pretty good way right. to do it, honestly. Um, but it isn't normal when they're a bit older or, or like consistently eating these non-food items. So when children experience pica, they tend to end up eating things like paint chips or bits of furniture and things that fall on the floor, like things that come off of toys and sand and so many different other random things because they're children and they get into anything. Play-Doh. Yeah. I mean, Play-Doh's <laughs> less toxic than sand but yeah (laughs) so when kids eat sandbox sand they're exposed to so many icky germs and bacteria and potentially even cat poop um which is really harmful because one it's poop and (laughs) two cats have this fun little thing called toxoplasmosis and I really don't have any time to go into that today, but you should... <laughs> I knew that. Well, that's what you were going to say, though. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's not likely that you will get toxoplasmosis from your house cat, but kids absorb things at a higher rate. And also, if you're eating cat poop right. or if you're sand... It in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, and if you're eating toxoplasmosis and not just, like, coming into contact with it then it's really bad for you. Um, But I don't have time to go into that, obviously. And, but there is an episode of This Podcast Will Kill You on toxoplasmosis, where they talk about someone who had it or has it and where you're more likely to get it and stuff. But it's really interesting and everybody should check that out. Great podcast, great episode. Yes. So another common outcome of pica in children is lead poisoning, which I am actually going to talk about. Um, But when kids are just playing and eating things that, like paint chips, like if they're just chewing on the windowsill because that's where their, like, head is at, um, or playing with, like, really old toys that might have lead paint on them, um, these are really easy ways for them to come into contact with lead. So lead poisoning or plumbism, you know, (laughs) 
its um, chemical name is plumbum. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I will probably do a whole other episode on lead and lead poisoning just because, like, there's more stuff about Egypt, so we could talk about Egypt again. Um, <laughs> so we'll save, like, more lead issues, but... Um, Lead poisoning is, or plumbism, is one of the primary environmental health threats to infants and children around the world and, like, in the U.S. Lead poisoning is more common in New England than the rest of the U.S. because there's a lot more older houses that had used lead paint and as well as old soldered lead pipes. Yeah, I know. Well, because we've been looking at houses... I know yeah. in Vermont, anyway, they have to send, like, a lead paint form along with the paperwork, even if the house, like, they don't think the house has lead paint in it, just so that they can be like, we made you sign this thing, and we warned you. <laughs> yeah, when I signed my apartment senior year, we had to sign a piece of paper saying that we were aware that there was lead paint, but, like, I'm not chewing on window cells or, like, eating paint and I'm an adult so it's yeah (laughs) (laughs) but so sorry I lost my place because Josie is in my way all the time (laughs) she's basically the third podcast host she really tries to be she really wants everybody to hear what she's saying so the greatest risk for plumbism, plumbism, I don't know which one it is. Oh, she laid down behind my computer. She's so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, in ch- So the greatest risk for lead poisoning in children is dust particles in old houses. And children are more vulnerable to lead poisoning than adults because they absorb nutrients and toxins easier than adults. And so I think it's at like a 10 to 15% faster rate than adults do, which is like Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a lot. Um, There's, like, a lot more anatomical reasons why that happens, but it's too much for this podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they absorb these nutrients and toxins easier than adults, so more lead will be absorbed in children, and kids are also closer to the ground, and they crawl around and touch everything and get to things that adults might not be aware of, they might not see, And, like, let me tell you, I used to watch my niece, who's now three, and she still loves to put random items in her mouth that aren't supposed to be there. But when she was little, it was constant. Like, even toys that she could play with, they were just, like, everything was just shoved in her mouth. So (laughs) kids are disgusting. (laughs) And constantly just finding weird old things, like, on the floor and being, like, Ooh, and I was like, where did you get this? Like, where did you find a pretzel? We have like pretzels. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Just like a cat. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> yes. Like, you have a whole box of toys and you have a twist tie. <laughs> That's their favorite toys, is like twist ties oh. and a strip of yeah. paper. <laughs> yeah. So. Poor diets also make children more vulnerable because lead absorption is higher on kids that are malnourished or don't aren't full or like fed as well. Um, and also diets low in iron and calcium also really allow lead to be absorbed absorbed more easily into like your bloodstream, which is 
not good. Um, so there is um, different mandates on testing and nationally they usually test at like 9 to 12 months and then again at 24 months but there's also targeted screening so that's earlier and more frequent screenings for kids on Medicaid or WIC which is women infants and children which is a nutrition support basically food stamps I guess um Living in houses built before 1978, low income, or if siblings or a playmate has been diagnosed with lead poisoning. And when I worked up in Manchester, New Hampshire, they tested kids pretty frequently. And it's just a finger prick, but it's hard to get parents to go to the lab sometimes for that. But it's very important, especially in like New England and eastern states where we have a lot of older houses. Mm-hmm. So to wrap up lead poisoning, we are quickly going to cover what exposure can do in a few different um, treatments and prevention methods. So ex- excessive, excessive lead exposure can cause a lower IQ, learning disabilities, behavior change, impaired visual and motor skills, irritability, headaches, and memory loss pain and damage to the central nervous system, kidneys, and blood. Oh, and um, in extreme cases, lead can be fatal and cause death. Treatments and prevention include removing children from the lead environment ASAP. So if you're living in a house with lead, then they you need to get out. Um, don't send your children to daycares that have lead, obviously. <laughs> yep. That seems like Uh, um, a big one. (laughs) Increase iron and calcium intake. And then screening for blood levels, which I just mentioned. Obviously, it's really important to screen so you can catch it early. Wash hands before eating. Have the house tested. Use filters on faucets and wash old houses frequently. So those are important. Then there's also, um, I think it's called chel- chelating agents, which are used if there's a blood lead level of 45 milligrams per deciliter or higher, and lead poisoning is diagnosed at currently at five micro or yeah, it's micrograms per deciliter, and it's currently diagnosed at five micrograms per deciliter. So chelating agents basically just um, lower the amounts of heavy metals in blood. So obviously, if you get diagnosed with um, lead poisoning at (laughs) 5 micrograms per deciliter, you're going to need chelating agents if you're at 45 micrograms per deciliter. Wow. Yeah. So, a little bit of a not super fun fact. It pica has been seen in animals. Um it's oh, not no. super common, but there is like I think it's like dogs eat like it's very strange items that dogs eat that aren't just like sticks and stuff. Um <laughs> a lot of dogs, I mean, and rabbits do this too. I mean, I don't know if it counts as pica, but they have coprophagia. Yeah. Which, I don't, I don't know, eating think, their own poop. 
Oh, no, that's not. It doesn't count. No, that does. I don't think that counts because that's not. It's weird because in animals, it's more likely diagnosed if it's related to um, a different type of anemia. Oh, gotcha. So they screen, like they do blood screenings for. Yeah pica and dogs to see if they have a certain type of anemia and then treat it that way because pica is like a disorder but it's also a symptom of other things oh so like well it's like a symptom of like iron deficiency anemia and like other things like that or like i guess it could be a symptom of autism if need be so it's kind of one of those things that it just goes hand in hand with a lot of other things and they're not fully sure otherwise but yeah so i just wanted to wrap this up with a list of different subtypes of things that are commonly eaten by individuals with pica so this list that i'm gonna read from is directly from wikipedia our good pal wiki We love it. Uh, So it says, signs and symptoms. Pica is the consumption of substances with no significant nutritional value, such as soap, drywall, or paint. Subtypes are characterized by the substance eaten. So, acuphagia, which is sharp objects. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Amylophagia. It reminds me of that guy on... um, what is it, Ripley's Believe It or Not or something, who would, like, eat just pieces of an airplane that was like, yeah, it's great. Hmm. And I thought it was wild. I thought that, like, he was actually allowed to eat these items when I was little and watched that. (laughs) (laughs) Next one is amylophagia. Amylophagia, which we already talked about, is the purified starch or, like, so laundry starch or cornstarch. Kato... Pyreophagia, which is burnt mass- matches. Uh, it just sounds disgusting to me. Uh, <laughs> like, some of the other things, like, make a little bit of sense, but the, that one just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, uh, coniophagia, which is dust. Okay, I would sneeze so much. I know. I, like, that would just I be already so sneeze so much because of dust. <laughs> Like, what do you, how are you going to eat that? Like, it's just going to be. <laughs> and for the record, we're not making fun of anybody. No, we're not. Absolutely. Pika. This is 100% just me not being able to understand, like, putting that in my mouth personally. So, coprophagia is feces, which you just talked about in dogs. Um, or rabbits do it but not like it's a habit in rabbits they all do it it's not like something that's bad it's just because they have a hard time getting iron yeah that's for them to reabsorb nutrients isn't it exactly yeah so that isn't considered pica right because that's slightly necessary still icky but you know (laughs) still gross but you gotta do what you gotta do I guess (laughs) Um, emetophagia, which is a vomit. <gasps> yeah. No. I can say right now that that, no. 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 <laughs> mm. 
um, geomelophagia, which is raw potatoes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yikes. So, like, not terrible because it is a potato, but also, like, gross not and tasty. probably not washed. <laughs> and not yummy. Like, that doesn't... I know. Yeah. Uh, geophagia, which is, we talked about earlier, but it's earth, soil, clay, chalk. Um, clay is actually a super common cultural, cultural one. Uh, definitely listen to the Sawbones episode because they talk about, I'm not going to do it justice, so I can't even like paraphrase it because I'll just just be incorrect probably, but (laughs) they talk about eating clay a lot in like Southern states and like throughout Africa for either cultural things or, um, other reasons that have been developed, but it's interesting. High elephasia is glass. No. Yeah, you're going to cut up all your stuffs. That's all bad. Yeah. Um, Lithophagia is stones. Or, I guess, rocks. (laughs) Which we kind of talked about. (laughs) Yeah. Don't eat rocks. Nope. Maybe I mean you can't even chew it. So what are you just like swallowing pebbles? Ick. Metallophagia is metal. Like so, I'm guessing that would be the guy who eats just like nuts and bolts and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Mucophagia, mucus. Ew. Yeah, I don't love that at all. Agaphasia is ice, which is totally chill with me. Yeah, I've heard of that before. Yeah, it's super common in pregnant women, but also, like, (laughs) not great for your teeth, so don't do it. Plumbophasia, lead. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that should just be considered, like, lead poisoning, like, and just general pica, but whatever. Um... Trichophagia, which is hair, wool, or other fibers, and I just, like, eating hair is really terrifying to me, and there's an episode of My Strange Addiction where this woman is addicted to eating her cat's fur, and she... I remember that one. She, like, licks her her cat. cat. Yeah, that's, um, definitely a mental health issue, and it, I just like, I get cat hair in my mouth all the time from having cats, and I it's can't, not fun. I can't imagine purposely eating it, yeah. especially like, ugh. How like, do you, you not get... choke on most of this stuff? I don't, yeah, that's also all of these are very dry items. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I've almost choked on cat hair before, except I think it was planned, I think they plotted against me. Probably. They were like, Mom, you closed the door. (laughs) Mom, you closed the door. Let me put my fur in your face and choke you out. (laughs) But I also purposely put my face in my cat. That's true. That too. (laughs) (laughs) Next one is urophagia, which is urine. Mm. No, thank you. 
Also, I want to definitely cover this at some point because there was one day where I stumbled upon, um, it's not a fad diet, but it's just like a terrible fake health trend where people um, save their urine and soak in it as a form of health care. Ew. Yeah, it's like real deep and real bad. And I was reading a Facebook page about it and I was just like, oh my God. I don't care that it's your own bodily fluid. It's your waste. Don't do that. They were like, oh yeah, I did a compress with six-month-old urine and that's all the stuff your body's trying to get rid of yeah and it was just like really sad too because some of these people were like i hope this cures my cancer and it's like i understand if you've run out of options but that's not a good one Mm-mm. yeah so that was really terrifying um hematophagia which is vampirism or blood mm. <laughs> Which is, uh, real life vampires is, like, if you've ever watched Dark Tourist on Netflix, wild. If you haven't Googled real life vampires and you want to sleep tonight, don't do it. (laughs) Have you Googled this? (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) It's really scary. Oof. And the last one is xylophagia which is eating wood or derivatives such as paper interesting yeah so all i can say is please don't eat non-food items i just want to clarify that like like you said before we're not making fun of anybody that has a problem we're not yeah. Like, we don't mean to, like, scoff at people that have a really serious problem, but if you are eating non-food items, definitely uh, go to the doctor and get that yeah. fixed. Because... Or, like, don't start. Right. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, it's a very interesting topic, and that's why I chose to cover it, because it's very interesting that, like, I haven't read much about the psych behind it, because it's not my thing it really just baffles me and then I start thinking too much um I have like an existential crisis but it's very interesting that like with my strange addiction there's usually a trauma behind it or another like mental health issue that causes someone to behave in these ways and like continue with these behaviors for obviously over a month and Obviously, with things that aren't just, like, a random leaf outside, because, like, that's not great. But, like, eating things like nails and rocks is a lot worse for you. I feel like, in my personal opinion, I feel like the dirt one is, like, kind of a... I don't want to say reasonable, but, like... It makes a little bit more sense. There's some vegetables that I really enjoy that taste kind of like dirt. And I like... really like beets. And beets taste like... Beets and beets taste like dirt, <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense when you think that, like, oh, like if somebody is iron deficient or mineral deficient, like yeah. rocks and minerals, like very similar. Like it makes a little bit of sense to like kind of think about it, I guess. But it's also like I don't know. I'm pescatarian, and sometimes like I know that I should probably go. Get, take an iron supplement or like eat more spinach or broccoli or something because all of a sudden I'm craving a cheeseburger and (laughs) so like it it makes sense and it is like an actual like mental health issue overall and disorder that 
is extremely detrimental to some people's health. And like this picture that I have up, um, it's stomach contents of a psychiatric patient with P- with pica, pica. Um, <laughs> 1,446 items, including 453 nails, 42 screws, safety pins, spoon tops, and salt and pepper shaker tops. So, Mm. it's like a deep case of, like, needing psychiatric help there. It's interesting when pregnant women all of a sudden crave to just, like, eat crayons and dirt and (laughs) other things because it seems like this strange phenomena and... It's interesting to see how, like, it's simply treated with just a little bit of an iron supplement, but it is very, it is a very sad and hard thing to read about from other perspectives. But yeah, I feel like I learned a lot today. Yay, I'm so glad. I learned a a little bit more about it. Yeah, it's definitely a um, (laughs) not very well known one, and... I mean, I remember learning about it being like, what the heck? That's crazy. Like, yeah, <laughs> especially because like when I first learned about it, it was just when I was learning about pregnancy stuff. So it was, oh, yeah, sometimes pregnant people like really crave just to like lick rocks and eat dirt. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> and like nobody's lying. Like every like you're lying if you said like you wouldn't when you see, like, those pink Himalayan sea salt lamps, like... Oh my gosh, I would totally lick that. Yeah, everybody wants to lick it. Like, that's just... There are certain things, like, ch- like chewing on ice and stuff, that, like, if done excessively, is a form of this. But it's also, like, that happens in general with, like, a lot of other... No mental- judgment. Yeah, so... Stay tuned next Monday and every Monday for new episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. We're on Instagram at Monday Mornings Pod, on Twitter at Monday Mornings P, and we have a Facebook page. If you have questions or topics that you'd like to have covered in a future episode, you can also email us at mondaymorningspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends. Yeah! And as always, start your Monday mornings the right way with Maddie and Morgan. Bye. Bye. See you next week. Thanks for listening.